You know I'm a big fan of enjoying life while still being smart financially. That's why I love ButcherBox. I can get a variety of high-quality meat, seafood, chicken, and pork at an amazing value, all with exclusive member deals delivered to my door with free shipping always. One thing I just never wanted to cut out of my spending plan is eating good food. And with ButcherBox, I don't have to, and neither do you. Where else can you get free protein for a whole year? Yes, you heard that right. One of my favorite go-to dinners is a salmon bowl. I'm not even a huge salmon lover, but ButcherBox's wild-caught salmon is oh so good. I make a nice little marinade, saute some veggies, cook the salmon, and throw in some weiss. And it is an amazing dinner. If you want to take less trips to the grocery store and always have prepared meat in the freezer for a lot less money, you need ButcherBox in your life. Sign up at butcherbox.com etm and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. You can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com etm. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. (laughs) I was missing out on miles. I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Let me ask you this. Are you married or do you have a committed partner? Do you have kids? Does someone depend on your income? Do you own a house? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then quite possibly you really do need life insurance. Allison Cade, the millennial money expert at Fabric, is here to break down the ins and outs of life insurance and answer that burning question, do you really need life insurance? You're listening to Millennial Money with award-winning money expert and serial entrepreneur, Shauna Compton-Gain where we flip the script on the old school approach to everything your parents never taught you about money. Each week, Shauna creates a safe space by talking with special guests from around the world about money wellness, entrepreneurship, traveling like a boss, and what makes millennials tick. Unique stories, trailblazing perspectives, tips, tricks, and everything there is to know about money. Find it all here as you uncover your money story and unlock the life you want to live. Pretty cool, right? Here's Shauna. Money expert, Indiana Hoosier, and burger aficionado. When I first started in the financial industry, I already knew a lot about life insurance, which I know is a little strange, but my dad had been in the industry for over 50 years, and words like life insurance, they just weren't taboo at our dinner table. However, when I started working with him as a financial planner, I saw really firsthand how life insurance actually works why the words might indeed freak you out, (laughs) and how it has helped so many people in lots of different ways. But it wasn't until a really good friend of mine lost her husband, 
who didn't have life insurance that I decided I just couldn't stay silent about it anymore. Sure, no one really likes to spend money on something that you're not even going to use because life insurance is for other people in your life. But honestly, it is one of the best self-care acts you can do for both you and the people you love. Allison shares my passion. Fabric, if you haven't heard about it, is a one-stop shop for families to organize their finances and apply for life insurance. And Allison spends her days educating you all about life insurance and how to do money like an adult. Even if you just have a mild curiosity, do yourself a favor and learn a little more about life insurance before you decide if it is or isn't right for you. Allison, I am so excited to have you join us on the podcast today. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I have been starting out the last few podcast interviews just from a human element side. I think we're all, no matter where we are around the world listening to this, we're all experiencing some level of of quarantine or the coronavirus. So I I just want to throw out to you, how has your life changed being in (laughs) quarantine, the coronavirus? I just... I think these stories are great to share because it really brings this like human element to all of us. Well, I'm going to, okay, I have implemented in our household gratitudes daily because they make me feel better and, you know, internet self-help articles say they're good. So I'm going to start with gratitude. (laughs) I am grateful that my family and I are all healthy, that I'm still employed, and my two-year-old's really cute. That said, uh, (laughs) life without daycare has been an interesting adjustment, and currently I am hiding in a locked bedroom while we record this podcast. So, you know, fingers crossed, but it has been a a time of both maximal cuteness and personal growth, we will say euphemistically. Isn't that, though, like the the true duality of life? Like... On one hand, there's the cute, fluffy, everything's good. And on the other hand, we're like, it's the train wreck. And it's just, it feels like that's the duality of life. And yet right now we're all like really feeling that duality. Well, and I think it's also the duality of the coronavirus. I Totally. I've never felt so parenty before in my life. I, I just can't help thinking. I see articles and media and the coronavirus quarantine seems so different for parents versus non-parents. All this rhetoric about like the projects you're going to do and now that you have time, take this break. And I'm like, break? What? <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> uh, so it, it's. I feel like the contrast has never been more stark between the people who are making sourdough bread and the people who just really want to take a nap and can't. In all fairness, I don't have kids, but I I still feel very underproductive on most days. (laughs) And I I keep saying I'm going to be one of those uh, sourdough bread makers, but I just, I always run out of time. So I, I, you know, big clap for you, any, anybody (laughs) listening who has kids, because this is, this is a big change. I mean, this is a big financial change for families, even though maybe you're saving money because your child isn't in daycare or you have some of those expenses, but this is a a pull on you in other directions. And I think that uh, just so many of the, so many of us are feeling 
almost on the same level of of each other, uh, at least financially speaking, during Mm -hmm. this time. Definitely. I will say, too, if you don't have time for sourdough, the internet tells me soda bread is even easier. Maybe I'll have to try that. I haven't had time I feel like I have to come out. I have to come out of quarantine with some sort of bread. (laughs) Right? I mean, I think that's what people do. I don't know. I'm not one of them. Right. Well, you are a, a millennial expert at fabric. And I'm just curious, during this time or during the last few weeks, have there been any like commonly asked questions that have kind of come up from from customers about either things they're worried about with their money during this time or any trends that you're sort of seeing emerging? Sure. Well, I should say, so Fabric is a one-stop shop for people, especially parents, to get their money and financial lives in order. And Fabric does sell life insurance. So it's been fascinating because it's morbid, but life insurance applications are way up because I think Mm. for many people, this is a to-do that they knew they were really supposed to do. It felt long-term. They didn't bother. And suddenly they're thinking about some of these serious things and they're finally getting it done. So on one hand, we do see a surge in applications. Um, And on the other hand, I've seen a lot of questions from people for things like, does life insurance even cover coronavirus? To which, by the way, the answer is yes. I mean, as long as you are truthful on your application and you know, it's a covered, you know, per the policy terms of term life insurance, the short answer is yes. Um, but it's just been interesting to see people's changing approaches to their estate planning in light yeah. of this crisis. Yeah, I wanted to, I of course, want to dive into a lot of the life insurance side, but I was actually on a fabric site on the blog and I saw that you'd written a recent article about five financial moves in the age of COVID-19. And mm-hmm. One of the things that really stood out at me that I think is really interesting about this time, you you talk about obviously life insurance being this morbid product, and yet people are now finding time like, oh, I need to shore up some of these financial risks. But one of the things you talked about was like a healthcare proxy, which I mm-hmm. think a lot of people don't really know what that is. I was wondering if you could just walk us through a little bit, like why is why is something like that important? Why would that matter to us if we're, say, in our 20s or 30s? Sure. Well, again, sorry, morbidity, everybody. But as much as coronavirus seems to affect older people, clearly some younger people are being affected. And whether or not it's related to COVID, a healthcare proxy is a pretty good idea. It basically is you designating who has the right to make decisions on your behalf and stating things you care about, i.e., I have a religious belief that prevents XYZ kind of treatment, or I want you to do everything you can to save me, or no, I don't want to be a vegetable, whatever. And if you think back to famous buzzy cases, if you remember a few years ago, Terry Schiavo, where the family is fighting over what to do, in part, it's to help avoid fights and state what you want. And in part, in a stressful time, is this what you want your family to have to stress out over? So. For example, mine would be as simple as saying, my husband is empowered to make these decisions. Should he not be available? XYZ is empowered to make these decisions. Here's the broad picture of what I want. The end. So it's good to have because even in good times, if you got into a car accident, you might still want it. But right now, like so many things, it's a good catalyst to do something you should probably do anyway. Yeah, I agree. And 
I always try on this on this podcast to we have to talk about the things that that feel morbid, the things that maybe we want to push aside because that's a really important piece of your overall financial picture. And of course, we like to talk about budgeting and saving money and achieving goals and traveling and buying the house and getting married and all of those sorts of things. But we also really need to pay attention to this this other piece that that shores up some of these risks. And I, I think even blow past the myth out there that these are things that you shouldn't or don't need to worry about when you're younger because I've been in the financial industry for about 14 years, and I have seen all sorts of things happen to people, and it doesn't matter your age or your income or your career, any of those things, you know, life is not, is not, doesn't work that way. So I think that it's, it's also important to be able to talk about these things like in a real open way that not only demystifies, but also really empowers people that these are these are good things that you can do for yourself or for your family or for your husband, whatever that may be. The way I like to think about it is, what are the things you will be glad you have done anyway, or that you've been meaning to do anyway? And then can this just be a good excuse to finally do it? So if all of this subsides, will you be upset that you named a healthcare proxy? I'm assuming... It's still something good to have that you'll be glad you did. So it seems to me like a nice opportunity. Yeah, I totally agree. So let, let's go down that line of life insurance. We've we've done a few episodes about life insurance here or there. Uh, life insurance is really honestly how I got started in the financial world. My father had been in the life insurance business for now about 60 years, believe it or not. But there still is a lot of... Um, there's a lot of demystifying still to do with life insurance. So let's just start out with with the most basic of questions. Why should you consider life insurance? Are there reasons why you would need life insurance? And maybe are there certain people where life insurance maybe isn't a good fit for them right now? Sure. Well, okay. First and foremost, the main reason that people tend to get life insurance is when someone depends on them financially. So especially in the case of Fabric, where our primary audience is young parents, that is because one of the biggest times that people start depending on you financially is when you have a kid. Full disclosure, I did not have life insurance until I had my daughter Yeah, because no one was depending on me. And I think that that's valid. Now, it could also be an aging parent. It could be another kind of a dependent, but that's the primary reason. There are some other reasons. For example, if there are co-signers on your debts that you might want to, you know, have life insurance so that were you to pass away, you wouldn't leave a burden on them if you co-own a business. But really, the biggest use case that we see at Fabric is someone depends on you, put simply. Mm, yeah, that's a, that's a really good – it's a really good way to put it. I think it it um, it eases people into it. And then, you know, the other sort of side of that question is – Okay, so I recognize that that I need life insurance, or maybe it's something that I should look into. How in the world do I go about figuring out like how much I need, for how long I need it? Are there are there any guidelines that you can help us out with of, of how you can start to put those pieces together? Sure. So let's start with how much you need. Uh, well, and let's back up even one step before both of those. A question that most people will have to confront if they're looking for life insurance is term versus whole. 
There are pros and cons of term life insurance and whole life insurance that we don't have to get too in-depth on. But the basic summary is term life insurance covers you for a specific period of time. So let's say a 20-year term, which I'm just going to tell you everything about my life. So I have 20-year term life insurance. (laughs) And it means that from the time when I bought it, which was, I think, a year or two ago, until 20 years from then, I am covered if I die. After that, I'm not covered. That said, it's frankly a really cheap policy. I'm paying like $30 a month. Now, you could get whole life insurance, and that covers you for your entire life, which objectively is better, but it tends to be a lot more expensive. One of the big perks of whole life insurance is you can build what's called a cash value that you can sort of withdraw and borrow against when you're alive, but it tends to be a much more complicated financial product. So starting there, for the sake of our conversation, let's assume we're talking term, which is also the only thing that Fabric actually sells Because since we're working with young parents, it is really the most affordable way for most young families to protect themselves. So how much coverage do you need? There's a couple ways of figuring it out. The super easiest is roughly five or 10 times your salary. If you don't want to do more math, that's a rule of thumb. If you do want to go deep, you could start by totaling up what kinds of expenses your family might face without you, i.e., debt repayment? Do they need to pay off a mortgage? Do they have a car loan? How much might your funeral cost? And then you would add to that potentially, what is the shortfall of what you bring in versus if you have a spouse or partner, what they bring in? So let's say you and your spouse each make 50K, that's 100K. Let's say you can live off of 70. If you were to pass away, that still means that your spouse will have a shortfall of 20. Right. So if you think about how much do I want to provide to my family per year to help them deal with stuff and for how many years do I want to provide it, multiply, do the math. The weather is getting warmer. I'm so excited. And it is time to say goodbye to all those jackets and sweaters and hello to the shorts and T-shirts. I wanted to update my summer workout wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince and I am in love. Quince is your go-to place from everything from premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless, 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part of all, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Okay, I bought the dreamiest pair of workout leggings and a bright pink workout top to match. Honestly, ladies, I gotta tell you, these leggings you need. The price cannot be beat, and I feel like a million bucks wearing this cozy, workout-friendly outfit. I've worn it for like five days straight. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash etm for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash etm to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash etm. I'm going to be real with you. Identity theft is on the rise, and you do not want to wake up one morning and discover that your bank account has been emptied or you're overdue on credit cards you never even applied for. 
We talk about this often on the podcast, but you don't realize how much of your information is available to scammers on the internet and how susceptible you and your family are to identity theft and fraud. I know, it's scary, but now you can get your data removed with Delete Me. That's why I personally choose Delete Me. Delete Me is a subscription service that removes your personal information from the largest people search databases on the web, and in the process helps prevent potential ID theft, doxing, and phishing scams. I just started using Delete Me and I got my regular personalized privacy report. <laughs> I was shocked what they found and removed. It was pages of information about me that I did not want online. Here's how it works. You sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. I cannot tell you how relieved I felt to have Delete Me. And you know, it's also a great service for your parents or grandparents to help protect them from identity theft. Delete Me is not just a one-time service. Delete Me is always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you do not want on the internet. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special price for my listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com etm and use promo code etm at checkout. The only way you get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com etm and enter code etm at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash E-T-M. Go to joindeleteme.com slash E-T-M and use code E-T-M for 20% off. Okay, friend, I want to know, what are your money goals this year? Are you saving to buy a house or maybe a wedding or a dream vacation to somewhere tropical? If that's you, please, please take me with you. Or maybe you want to just grow your emergency fund because let's be real, life is expensive. I want to make sure you reach your goals, so you need Monarch. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top-rated, all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You can create custom budgets, track progress towards your financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash etm. Here's what I love. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. You can change the layout of your dashboard. You can go between light and dark mode. You can create custom budgets and notifications. You can set up all of these automatic rules for your transactions and notifications and so much more. Monarch is obsessed with constantly improving their product. Get this. They release updates every two weeks, and they even allow customers to submit suggestions, vote on requested features, and view the product roadmap. This, my friend, is totally original. Plus, they will never sell your data to third party or show you ads. I think that's really important. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it is the top-rated personal finance app. And now, listeners of this show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash etm. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash etm for your extended 30-day free trial. Hey, my name's Otis Gray, host of The Daily Book Club, a daily podcast where I read wonderful old books one chapter at a time. Simple as that. Whether you want to get engaged and lost in a fascinating story that has stood the test of time, 
or just relax to a good book. Listen to The Daily Book Club to get wrapped up or unwind during your day. We'll read classic stories like Pride and Prejudice, The Enchanted April, The Wind in the Willows, beautiful stories all told from start to finish. And you can even do a real book club. Tune into the Daily Book Club Discord and discuss the readings with other book club listeners. However you want to listen, it's your choice. Subscribe to the Daily Book Club on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere else. New episodes every single day. So sit back, relax, and get lost in the Daily Book Club. It's harder than ever to find clothes that will stand the test of time. But if you're looking for pieces designed to last, you can't go wrong with American Giant. From hoodies and t-shirts to denim and more, they've got everything you need to build a wardrobe that you'll be proud of for years to come. Shop wardrobe essentials that last a lifetime at American-Giant.com and use LT23 to get 20% off your first order. That's 20% off your first order, American-Giant.com, code LT23. It's Tuesday and we have another Ask Shauna. This one's a little bit different. This is actually a money win. This comes from Jackie and Jackie says, Hi Shauna, I just wanted to share a money win with you and everyone who's listening. I know during this time so many people are struggling and it hurts me so very much, but I wanted to share something good to inspire others that are listening just like me. Last year, I was in a serious money mindset rut. I hated my job, I hated my money, my credit score sucked, and I didn't have any savings. I started listening to the show, and I don't know what clicked, but suddenly I decided to take some action. I got a new job, negotiated a higher salary by asking, thanks for those tips, by the way, decided to deal with why I was in such a negative relationship with my money, used your debt payoff strategies to get my credit card debt in a better place, raised my credit score by 100 points, religiously tracked my money each week like you say to do, and now I have $1,000 in savings. I never thought I would have all those things at one time. Seriously, you have no idea how much this means to me. And what I want to say to anyone listening is, it actually wasn't that hard. I grew up in a family that doesn't know much about money, never taught me anything, and we lived below the poverty line. No one in my family owns a house. Well, you get the picture. But now I'm teaching my parents and my siblings how to do what I did. I wish everyone knew that the first and hardest part is just to tell yourself that it's okay to make money, that you don't have to be like your parents, and that you can change things quickly and by doing small things each week. It actually is possible. I know I sound a bit like a commercial, but... I am so proud of myself for doing these things, and I want to encourage everyone else. I'm not a millionaire by any means, but I feel like one, even during COVID-19. I'm hoping my money story inspires someone and also that others will share their good and bad money stories as well. Thanks, Shauna. This podcast did literally change my life. Well, Jackie, (laughs) that makes me so happy, but I really didn't do any of the work. You did all of the work. You listen, you listen to all the guests that are on the show, you you took what worked for you, and you actually started implementing things. That's why change happened. So it really has very little to do with me and very much to do with you. And I, I'm so excited. I mean, that's a lot of things and a relatively short amount of time to be able to string together. But I love that you share this story because it shows that you can make change by doing 
what are seemingly small things. A seemingly small thing like looking every week where you're spending your money, even now, even when we don't have a lot of places to spend our money, what it does is it opens your eyes. It creates this awareness of spotting opportunities to save money, spotting opportunities to do things better. Oh, maybe I should call my cell phone company. Maybe I can get a better deal now. Oh, I saw the subscription that I'm paying for that I'm not even using. Okay, I'm going to cancel that thing. Or even just the act of, oh, I still have goals. I still have things I want to do no matter what 2020 looks like. Just the seemingly small act of doing those things can make huge ripples, which I think, Jackie, is what you're seeing, right? Because what it does is it actually reprograms, it rewires your brain to realize that if you do these small things every day or every week, right? They end up taking you to a place where things start changing, even if it's just little nuances. And what that does to your mind is so powerful because it starts telling you that, hey, money isn't so bad. Hey, maybe things in the past haven't been great. Maybe I don't have a big savings account. Maybe maybe things aren't that great. Maybe I didn't learn very much from my parents. Maybe I've been stuck in a rut. But look. These small little things are changing and then suddenly your brain goes like, hey, okay, we want to do this thing and, and we're going to stay committed. And it doesn't mean you're not going to make mistakes or you're, you're not going to fall off and you're not going to have some months where you just really pissed off at your money and you don't want to look at it. But what it does is, it again, it starts to create this habit and it starts to string together positive, affirmative statements, actions, responses, steps, you name it, fill in the blank with whatever word works for you, right? But it starts to create really positive action. And that's what you want, especially with money, because that's something that a lot of us don't like to think about. We don't like to do. We don't like to focus on. But there's nothing wrong with wanting more money. There's nothing wrong with wanting to be in a better position. So take those small steps. So thank you, Jackie, so much for sharing that. If you have a money story, a money win, something you want to share, head on over to the show notes, click the Ask Shauna link, and let me know. I want to share it with everybody listening because these stories are powerful, and this is how we all stay connected as a community. Yeah, no, no, I like that. And a couple of questions that come to mind, what if uh, what if I'm a stay-at-home parent and I'm I'm not earning an income, but obviously if something were to happen to me, then my spouse or partner would need to hire daycare or hire a nanny or whatever it may be. Am I still able to get life insurance? Yes. Uh, that's a great question. And the answer is yes. Uh, typically, if you have a wage earning spouse, that spouse should also be covered in the eyes of a lot of insurance companies. Um, so they typically look for your spouse to also have coverage instead of just you. But yes, you can still be covered. And a way to think about that is kind of the second way that I mentioned where you just itemize stuff out. Because even even if you're a partially working spouse, let's say you do school pickup at three, your kids still go to daycare, but you pick them up at three and your spouse works long hours. Without you, your spouse either has to pay someone to pick them up or like take a pay cut. So thinking about what it might cost to augment all of the contributions that you make and to you know, to replace them, what would that roughly come out to? And then it absolutely makes sense to get a policy. Yeah, I think that's such great guidance. I I don't hear that echoed a lot because 
I think we tend to kind of put blinders up when we're thinking about how much life insurance we need. And we either vastly underestimate the amount or we just don't think about those things that actually are valuable in our lives. Just like you said, after after school care, whatever it may be. I mean, those are like legitimate costs that if something were to happen to to one of us, if we were uh, partners, we would have to somehow figure that out. And I often find that um, you probably have tons of stories like this, but I often find that when something happens to one person, particularly in a family situation, I mean, you know, you're obviously dealing with the grief and the emotions and all of those sorts of things. Like the last thing you want to think about is having to go out and earn 30 or 40 or 50,000 more dollars or declare bankruptcy or whatever bad other bad options you have. So like really taking some time to write those things out and think about it proactively is like such a great exercise. Thanks. And, and it's also worth thinking, right? Economic conditions could change. So exactly. what happened if God forbid something happened right now and then this, the surviving spouse gets furloughed? I mean, even if that person could have made it work with their current job, jobs change, situations change. And if you want to help take care of them with in a more flexible way in your absence, it can make a lot of sense. Yeah. And what about if you have, let's say you've gotten life insurance from the company you work for and it's typically like one times or one and a half mm-hmm. times your income. Is there still a motivating factor or reason why you might then also get an individual policy to either supplement or on the side? Or, you know, how do you how do you wrap your head around that to figure out how that fits into the plan? Well, as you said, a lot of times those policies are more like one times your income, but the rule of thumb is more like five or 10 times your income. So especially if you get it as a free benefit, sure, that's great. Take it. But it often makes sense to have a supplemental policy that you own because A, it can have more comprehensive coverage to actually cover what your family needs, but also B, it can often be difficult to take coverage with you when you change jobs. It is often literally possible, but converting your policy to take it with you often will raise the cost of it as you leave. Or if you decide, whatever, I lose my coverage when I leave, I'll just get a new policy. Then depending how long you're at the job, you might be older and life insurance does get more expensive as you get older. Yes. Very good point. Yeah. So how do you, how does life insurance factor in things like what if I had some sort of health condition or maybe I had it a few years ago? Like, How does it factor in those sorts of things into the actual price? So great and complicated question. <laughs> the, the simplest answer is most life insurance, most term life insurance included, is medically underwritten. So that means that these experts called underwriters who are pros at determining risk sorry, morbid, they try to figure out what the risk is you're going to die. And so certainly if you have long-term health issues, your prices could be higher and there is a world in which they might not offer you coverage. Now, there are some policies that are geared towards people who do have major health issues and they come with their own restrictions and limitations. Uh, It is usually possible to find some sort of a policy, but For most people, that includes providing information on things like their hobbies. You know, if you fly a private plane and go skydiving, that too will factor into the decision. 
getting your health history, um, especially in an age of social distancing, companies like Fabric have been trying really hard to help as many as people as possible not have to take a health exam. So that means pulling on public data sources whenever possible and using algorithms to try to figure out your risk without forcing you to meet in person to like get your blood drawn. In some cases, that's unavoidable. But in other cases, they can, you know, get your health records from your doctor and look at other sources of information that instead of just one snapshot in time from the day that you happen to take your exam, can provide a longer-term history of where you're at and help them make a decision. Yeah, and even when you were just talking about that, a a question came up in my mind, thinking about just how technology is really revolutionized or evolutionized, whatever word you want to use, <laughs> the process of things like like life insurance, allowing companies like Fabric to to provide this service in a really unique way. Like, I'm kind of curious from your perspective, being inside a company like that, how has how has technology really helped the consumer when it comes to life insurance? Well, the old school way of getting life insurance, which <laughs> frankly I experienced. So before I joined Fabric. I was talking to a life insurance agent who was a friend of a friend. My daughter was one month old. He came to our house. We're in the living room. She's crying. He's there for like an hour. And I mean, it's nice to have the personal connection, but also like I'm entertaining this dude in my house with a one month old. And it's a thing. Whereas with Fabric, you can apply fully online. Depending on, you know, the details that you provide, often The application can take as little as 10 minutes or less, especially if you have a pretty uncomplicated situation. And then you can submit it. And in many cases, you can get a decision right away because if, as I said, we're able to use basically data and public records to determine algorithmically what your risk levels are, you might be able to get an offer right away and then you can just pay for it and you're done. In other cases, humans do need to look through it and provide what they think. But even so, As many people as possible are skipping the health exam, which has never been more important. And the whole process is just digitized and faster and you don't have this dude in your living room, you know? (laughs) I mean, you know, we like the dude in our living room, but we'd rather rather just be in our like jammies online completing our application. (laughs) I should say he was a nice guy. He was nice. But, you know. Yes, yes. It's sort of like when you when you think of that, when you say that, you know, so many of us can conjure up the image of of somebody like that coming to our house. And to me, it just makes me think of, you know, my parents' era when that was the way business and transactions were done. And now there's just this whole new way of doing things that is a, a lot easier for so many of us, but it also just, I think when it comes to finances and things that maybe are, feel a bit more morbid, it takes a little bit of that off of us. And and I don't know, maybe it's like an invitation for us that that we should actually go forward with these things without feeling like somebody else is in our space. I agree. And, and also, as someone who's worked in personal finance for basically her whole career, I came in really confident that I wanted term life insurance. And after that hour in my living room, I was being upsold to whole life. And and in my postpartum haze, I'm like, (laughs) I'm doubting everything I thought I knew. (laughs) And at a certain point, it's sometimes nice to just have an end-to-end experience 
that mirrors so much else of what we do. I mean, we can buy everything online. People can buy cars online. I mean, you can do everything. And yet in this one case, you're just like taking this guy's word for stuff. And it just doesn't sync with every other buying experience I've ever had as a millennial, basically. Yeah, I still don't know if I can wrap my head around buying a car online. That one Fair. to me is still like, I'm very much tactile. There's something about sitting in a car to me that I just, True. I can't wrap my head around. But I know so many people who've done it. And I think that's so cool that that technology is allowing us to, you know, either save more time or more money or have these experiences. Um, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about, since you were open and you shared your own story about life insurance. I know mm -hmm. that I've received a lot of questions from listeners, and maybe you can speak to this about when it comes to something like life insurance or even the healthcare proxy or things that are a little bit more complicated and they're in a relationship. Sometimes there's a lot of fear or stigma about bringing up these topics. Like, how do I enter into a conversation with my partner about these topics, uh, particularly if they're going to cost more money? Can you can you speak at all to maybe some ways to jump into that conversation and and not be afraid to have these really important conversations? Yeah, I mean I have spoken to people who have cried while having these conversations with their spouses, making their will, who their kids legal guardian should be. It's very emotional. That said, I think that a, the best way, candidly, just rip the mandate. I don't know, do it. But B, to come at it from an angle of love. So it's less finger wagging, you know what we should do. You don't have life insurance, get on it. And more, I love you. I want to make sure you're okay when I'm gone. I don't want my family to fight over me in my absence. What if we have a mortgage and I die. I don't want you to have to struggle to pay the mortgage without me. So let's plan for that. Yeah, I think that's good because I think when you can take it off the finger wagging and the accusing to this is something that's important for us as a family and um, let's do this together. Let's be in it together. I think that that's an invitation for the other person in versus an accusatory tone, <laughs> which so many of us are guilty of. Oh, likewise. But especially with a child, too, it can make it even less like, oh, if you weren't there, don't you want to protect me? <laughs> Which is <laughs> true but weird. And especially if you have a child, it's, well, we both want to protect our child. Let's talk about how. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I'm curious, are there any other um, – maybe common uh, misconceptions about life insurance or any other things we can we can demystify a little bit? I think the biggest one is price that I've seen that a lot of people assume it's just incredibly expensive. And that might be true sometimes, especially for whole life insurance. But term life insurance really can be surprisingly affordable. I mean, as I said, I'm paying something like 30 bucks a month. Um, so uh, admittedly, I got it when I was relatively young and healthy. Situations will vary, but it definitely is worth checking out and not assuming that it is prohibitive. Hmm. Yeah. And then what happens, let's say I choose, in your example, I chose a 20-year term and fast forward 
20 years or 19 years. Mm-hmm. And obviously, I'm, I'm still alive. So everything's still amazing. And my life insurance is getting ready to uh, expire at that point. What are my options when I come to that particular point in time? So candidly, if you get this type of insurance, plan A is probably that you should be financially fine enough to probably not need it anymore. So in my case, I got life insurance that should cover the span to get my daughter to college, let's say. My hope and assumption is, in the meantime, I will be saving, I will be investing, I will be budgeting. 20 years from now, I would like us to be solvent enough that she can finish up college. She will hopefully be, you know, becoming a real adult. And... (laughs) If they don't get a payout of a million dollars, they'll be okay. So that's my plan A, to be perfectly candid. Like my hope is that things will be fine enough that I don't need to re-up because I've been responsible in the meantime. Now, if you find that you do still need life insurance, you it will depend on your policy. So it's hard for me to say as a blanket. In many cases, you can continue your policy, but your price will go way up because now you're 20 years older. So if you do think that you're probably going to want coverage for your entire life until you die, no matter what, whole life insurance might be a better product for you. That said, it's more expensive. So it's really about your priorities at any given time. In a case like mine, I really just wanted to insure during my family's period of highest need. So would they like a big payout? You know, when my kid is 30, sure, that's nice. But hopefully she's 30. She'll be okay. Whereas I want to insure against the period where we're actively raising a child. And my income is crucial to that. And in the meantime, since I'm having these relatively cheap premiums, thinking about how much whole life insurance would have cost me, I'm trying to save that kind of a cost difference and even potentially invest it. And that in its own right should create a nest egg. Yeah, I like that advice. I want to leave listeners, I like to leave them with some action items. We've talked about so many great things, but I'm curious, are there a couple of things you can think of, one or two, three things that I could do maybe today to make sure that I'm I'm taking care of my family, either I have enough life insurance or I'm actively taking the steps I need to to get the life insurance I should have? I mean, self-promotional plug, but you can you can apply in about 10 minutes. So I think if life insurance is right for you and something you wanted to do, you could literally go to meetfabric.com and apply. You could at the very least get a, a price estimate uh, and see how much it might cost you and start to weigh your options. I would say it's probably the most actionable One thing I've also been thinking about is in this age of having no time because there's no childcare with coronavirus, how can I get organized so that my life is more optimized and I'm not wasting time on dumb stuff? So another thing you could potentially do, Fabric does have an app on both Apple and Android, and that app lets you sync up your financial accounts so you can see where all your money is going, you can share it with your spouse. So you could also take the opportunity to sort of just get organized so that you feel on top of your stuff and you can start to conceptualize where everything even is and your spouse will know where everything is if something happens to you. See, 
you don't have anything to be nervous about when it comes to life insurance. But seriously, it is one of the smartest money moves you can make if it's right for you. And maybe it's not right right now. Maybe it might be in six months or a year. Who knows? But I beg you not to turn off your ears just because it might sound boring. You can learn more about Fabric by heading over to meetfabric.com, where you can also apply for life insurance online. And you can also email Allison directly at allison at meetfabric.com if you have any questions. As always on this podcast, we are changing up the way we talk about money to unlock the life that you want to live. Now that you're a part of this community, it's up to all of us to invite others in. So share this episode with someone that you know needs to hear Allison's message. Invite them in so we can all talk about money in a new, fun, and fresh way. Hey, you. Yes, you. Before you go, we want to say thanks for listening to this episode of Millennial Money. For all the links, tags, and ads you've heard on today's episode, check out the show notes or go to mmoneypodcast.com, where you'll find more episodes to share with your friends. While you're at it, leave us a review and make sure to subscribe wherever you listen so you don't miss out on all the money tips and tricks that will take you from a millennial regular to a millennial money expert. See you back here in a few days with a fresh new episode. Mother's Day is just around the corner, and it's time to pamper the special mom in your life. And what better way than with the Osea's limited edition skincare sets, featuring clean, vegan, cruelty-free products that are safe for your skin and the planet. Osea is a women-founded, women-led brand that's been making seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. This Mother's Day, Osea has two limited edition sets that are perfect for gifting or keeping for yourself. Their advanced eye care duo brightens, awakens, and firms the skin around your eyes, while the golden glow body trio nourishes and smooths the skin all over. Both sets are packaged in giftable boxes. They're so beautiful you can skip the wrapping. And the best part? For a limited time, you can save up to $46 on Osea's sets. Plus, get free shipping. That's Mother's Day made easy. This Mother's Day, get 10% off your first order site-wide with code MOM at OseaMalibu.com. Go to OseaMalibu.com and use code MOM for 10% off site-wide.